You are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the Coronavirus Sessions. Again, bringing you a little daily nugget, weekday nugget of a podcast to talk about how business owners here in Gainesville are navigating uh, this coronavirus uh, definitely had a lot of impact so far, but our goal here is to save as many businesses and as many jobs as possible through this, uh, through through these conversations, right? If we can just learn from one another and encourage one another, then uh, we'll get through it. So uh, before we get into it, I want to remind everybody, like our podcast also needs your support. There's a couple different ways you can support us. Um, we've had a couple people go and buy shirts, swag. You know, we got mugs on our website. Just go to whoagnb.com. Um, if you are a small business out there and you're interested in becoming a sponsor, your sponsorship would be, you know, very, very nice at this point. We would, we would appreciate it very much. Um, so definitely feel, re- feel free to reach out to me about sponsorships. That's Colin, C-O-L-L-I-N at repaintthewall.com. Um, and of course, like if you just want to make a small donation, you can do so via Venmo at Colin Austin, C-O-L-L-I-N-A-U-S-T-I-N. Um, you can, I mean, even if it's a buck, man, send us, send us a dollar, like anything helps. Like we're, th- this money is going to funding this podcast and to, uh, supporting our team who does the editing and scheduling and all that kind of stuff. So we'd appreciate any, any support that we can get. Um, but we also know this is very trying times and our, our, our purpose here is to give as much value to the businesses that come on the show and to the, and to the businesses and business professionals that are listening. Cause like I said, we want to make sure that we can navigate this thing and, uh, and save as many of us as we possibly can. Cause this is the craziest thing that I've ever been through. Um, my name is Colin Austin. And I'm your host and my co-host is the one magical mystical Michael Dees. What is up, man? <laughs> Not much, man. It, it's funny. I, I was really excited to see Eric's name pop up, and we'll introduce him in a second. But like, we we had his episode. I think it was ninety five, released right at the end of February. Um, he was doing well. We were not. I had just had a bad episode of uh, food poisoning the day before. You had lost your voice, so I ended up on the spur hosting that episode. Now, in a weird turn, we have our health for the most part, and and these are the circumstances we're bringing him back on. So that kind of sucks. But uh, maybe one day we'll get to talk to Eric and things will be going good on both sides. Yeah, dude, I was struggling. I was struggling during that episode. Uh, yeah. But it, it's it's funny, you know, and uh, I'm like, well, again, kind of reflecting back to the, some of these articles that have come out, of like whether or not this thing has been around since, you know, late 2019. I'm like, now I'm kind of like pondering. I'm kind of like, hmm, I wonder, I wonder if it's true or not. Colin had Colin had Colin had a bad bad cough and respiratory infection January and February like I want I wonder um, right. anyway our man Eric <laughs> Eric Lena's bunt from Buntline what is it Bunt Backline Bunt Backline there you go Bunt Backline Event Services did I get that right Yes sir I, I'm going with no show notes before I had show notes and I could like read off a piece of a paper now now I'm going completely by memory I'm kind of impressed. That I remembered all of that, but Eric, man, it's so it's it's good to see you. I I know that you're you're dealing with a lot right now, and I know that you know we we just had you on the podcast, but I felt like it was important to get you back on here because I wanted to do a little quick catch up because if there is one industry that I know has felt the impact of this, it has been the event industry. So why don't you uh, real quick give our audience who might not have heard episode ninety five 
uh, just a really quick uh, background as to who you are and what you do, but at the same time, uh, dive dive into the, the impact that you felt from this from this virus. Cool. Uh, yep, it's uh, Bunt Backline Event Services. I'm Eric. Um, so we do sound, lighting, staging, uh, basically anything. If you go to either a concert or you know we do the Chamber of Commerce meetings, basically anything where people gather together and do stuff together, which, uh, you know, pretty quickly leads into you. It doesn't take much uh, to understand where that might be a problem in the current situation. Um, so that's what we do. Um, we going into this, uh, we have 16 employees here in Gainesville. Uh, we work all over the state and we do a couple tours throughout the country. Uh, but most of our stuff is here locally or regionally. Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of what we do. Uh, we serve a lot of churches as well. Um, which has been a little bit of pun intended saving grace as well. Cause we've still had uh, there's been a lot of streaming and then we've got a couple of drive-in services that we recently started doing. So um, that's kind of what we do. Um, and they said, you wanted me to talk a little bit about impact or what was, uh, what were you wanting? Yeah. To I mean, so like take us, take us back to a few weeks ago when this thing started to unfold, you know, it's actually it's actually my favorite question to ask and i've been pretty consistent in asking all of our business owners this um and, and just business professionals everybody that we've interviewed so far was like what what was that initial what was that initial impact the first things that that you did mm-hmm. when like when, when you realized that this was about to go down like what were what were some of the conversations you were having with with your team um really just take us back to those very first moments uh, i mean from the way you felt to all of it you know gotcha um well so interestingly i had just gotten back it was like the 11th or so um so it's been several weeks now and i had just gotten back from this crazy experience in Suriname with the band that i work with in south america and ended up like came back in the middle of the night because there was like almost altercations with the promoter it was crazy so i came back from this crazy situation flew out uh hadn't slept flew out left and got back to miami at like nine in the morning then drove from miami to gainesville went to sleep and i woke up and came into the office the next day after all that craziness and uh the phone started ringing about 9 a.m and what had happened was basically that was that was the day after the ncaa tournament canceled and then the uh uh, the NBA season canceled. And then basically, so from the event side of things, those two things, at least from my eyes, were kind of the first dominoes. And because as soon as those major events started happening, then it just started, it was a ripple effect. And um, I kid you not, within 48, like the first day, I think we fielded 30 something phone calls of cancellations. Um, and so for an events business, as you can imagine, in Florida, March and April are two of our biggest months. So uh, between stuff with the university, all their big concerts. Um, Easter is a big one for us as well. We do a lot of large church events for Easter that's coming up here. Um, so we have just a slew of events. The weather's nice. Everybody wants to do festivals, different things. Um, so within that first two days, 48 hours, uh, we had we counted it up. We had 67 event cancellations uh, for approximately $220,000. Um, that was within a 48 hour period. Um, and that was basically just the, uh, that was basically everything canceled into about the first week of April. So that was basically just March and the first week of April. And then some of that's a little downstream people that canceled like multiple events. They just said, we're clearing the calendar until we figure this out. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the initial. So we, it was, 
initially it was kind of shock. I can't, what, what's going on? And, um, cause I had not been, to be honest, I had not really been paying much attention and I had been, uh, I was in South America for a week and just kind of off the grid, um, on a lot of it. I started to see a little bit of, um, rumblings on some Facebook groups that I'm in of other event professionals that were saying, Hey, we just had some cancellations due to this thing, um, for some big conferences and, and things, you know, big meetings, national meetings that were happening. Um, so like it was a little bit in my consciousness, but not really, I hadn't really thought of it as a real thing that was going to happen yet. And then got back and it just like, I mean, the next four to six weeks of business just disappeared in 48 hours, like a hundred to nothing, you know? Um, so it was pretty wild. Um, so yeah, the first things we did is I kind of just, I, I instantly went into action mode as far as like a new, okay, so I, I don't have a ton of debt, but I do have, um, I have a mobile stage that we use and I have some LED walls and so I have leases on those. So I actually immediately, like within the day or two, called um, and contacted the leasing agent to see if I could get deferments because I knew we were going to have money problems quickly. Um, so I started on those immediately, um, uh, talked to my mortgage broker for my building immediately. I did all that within like the first 48 hours and just started like, okay, these are my big, these are the big outgoing expenses. We got to look at these right away and try to nip this in the bud. Um, also figuring everybody else in the world is going to be doing this shortly. Um, so it was interesting because as an events company, um, we saw it about seven to 10 days before restaurants or anybody else, cause it started to pair off. And so I kind of felt like, I kind of felt like I knew what was coming. Like if it was starting there, we were just first, you know, we're going to be the first to go because it's large gatherings, but I felt like it was going to trickle down pretty quickly. Um, so I felt like it was important to kind of get in front of some of that. And then same with, as soon as I started revealing like SBA loans and things like that, tried to get in on, you know, applying for those and that sort of thing. How were those conversations with those, with those vendors? I mean, when you called your mortgage company and that kind of thing, I mean, what was, what was their response? What were they say, What were they telling you? Uh, well, my equipment leasing agent mostly does leases for my industry. So his phone was also ringing off the hook like ours was. Um, so I was not the only one in my industry that was calling up and going, Hey, I'm not going to be able to pay $6,000, $10,000 worth of equipment leases next month because I no longer have work for the foreseeable future. Um, you know, and it's in there. So the interesting thing is it's, you know, it's in their interest to grant you those deferments because like, what are they going to do? Repo all this gear and sell it to who? There's no industry left. Like the entire, literally the entire industry from Live Nation, from the biggest players down to the trunk slammers and garage guys, like there is no, it's a multi-billion dollar industry that's just disappeared in a day. Um, so it's absolutely like in their best interest to defer things for three months, six months, whatever it takes. And because they, what are they going to do? They can't sell a $130,000 stage to anybody. There's no buyer for it. Um, so they were quick. Um, my leasing agent, I have a, uh, yeah, it's three different leases on equipment. And he said two of the vendors were already like already had programs that they rolled out that day because their phones were blown up. And then another one was a little slower. It took a bunch of follow up and a couple of weeks to get them to do something. But, um, yeah, again, they kind of, they knew what was coming. I think they saw it as well. Yeah. I think it's super smart of you to jump on it that quick. Um, and to get, to get right on it. Cause I, I, even I'm at this stage, I'm still kind of, kind of doing that. I mean, I really focused on the, the government l lending and that kind of thing. Um, 
and now I'm, I'm reaching out to vendors and even credit card companies. I mean, like, I know you say you don't have a lot of debt, but, but we've got some debt. So it's going to be reaching out to credit card companies. And, and from what I understand, a lot of them have, you know, helped in terms of, you know, canceling interest for the month and that kind of stuff. So, so I would encourage our audience to definitely reach out to your vendors and do what you can to um, have, have those conversations. Um, sorry, my wife was able to do that with a couple of her business credit cards and they, uh, I think they're forgiving, at least hers were forgiving interest for this month at least. And then they said you could call back you know, next month and ask for it again, if you were still in hardship, those sort of things. So I think, again, it's in everybody's best interest to work with you. Um, because the choices are either work with you or just never get paid is kind of the, that's the environment I think we're looking at, you know? Yeah, no, that's really smart. I, you know, you inspired me, Eric, you like really went into like this action, you know, just started taking action. Um, you know, I think for a lot of businesses and stuff, they losing $220,000 of contracts in 48 hours, a lot of people would have just entered a state of depression and would have just like, would have just sunk, you know? I mean, like I did, did the, did it even cross your mind that, I mean, did you like, Hey, like this, like this might be it. Like this is, this dream is over or I mean, what, like what was happening up here? in your dome. <laughs> uh, well, I'd be lying to you if I, uh, if I told you I haven't consumed a much larger amount of tequila and bourbon in the last three weeks than I, uh, than I find generally acceptable. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not going to say it's been easy, but I, uh, I, I feel like it's helped that we've been on a, on a series of momentum for like the last two years. And I feel like we were like, I mean, we were up 30% year to date. Um, already this year in March. So we were just killing it. So we, it was just this unforeseen thing. It was nothing we could have done, nothing we did, nothing we could do to prevent it. Um, so I just felt like I just kind of went into protection mode of I've been working on this for 15 years. I'm not going to let this one event, like I'm not going to lay down and just quit on it. Um, I just went into instant survival mode and, and I'll be honest too, like it's, it's gotten, it gets better every day, but it's, it's a daily wave of like, I just want to give up and cry and crawl in a corner to like, okay, I'm going to kick this thing's ass, you know, it's, and it's like literally every day, just up and down, uh, multiple times a day at the beginning, it was more like 10, 12 times a day up and down. Now it's like once, once a day, I might get the low feelings, but mostly I'm like, okay, we just need to, we just need to do something. What's practical? How do we cut expenses? How do we save as many employees and positions as we can? How do we, you know, how do we get through this? You know, the, the emotions of entrepreneurship. I've, I've had the same, the same thoughts, man. I've been, I've been in this place of like, man, maybe, maybe it's just time. Maybe it's just time to throw in the towel. Maybe, yeah. You know, like done this for 16 years. It was a great run. We, we, we did some incredible things. Maybe, maybe it's just time. And then, and then I go into a place of, no, I'm going to be one of the guys that defies the impossible and gets us through this. You know, like I go, I go into that, that place knowing I'm like, so many businesses are going to be in a place where they do fail because they weren't prepared for this. And, and I was like, and I, and to be truthful, like, I don't think that we were prepared for, for this. Like, I don't have like a stack of reserves or anything. Um, so like, but, but at the same time, I'm like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to get us through this. 
we're gonna pull through. Uh, I mean, Mike, Mike, what have your like? What's been going through your head with that in regards to that? Because I mean, there's just there's just so many ups and downs right now. You're you're right, and I think that you're right when you say that we weren't prepared for it. But I think one thing I would add to that though is we are fortunate to be where we were today versus say if this happened on the same timeline a year ago. Uh, and and I say that fortune because just some of the things that happened naturally in our business year in 2019 that completely you know disjoint from anything COVID it hadn't didn't happen for a year later but some of those things we had to kind of navigate and weather and lean out and, and stuff like that um, if it had happened that year we would have been in a really bad position but I think that it happening this year it doesn't mean that we're in a good position but I think we we're able to weather it a lot better so were we prepared for something like this I think the answer is no but were we in much better of a position than we could have been I think that answer is absolutely yes um so that's like I said, that's not that's not our own doing that wasn't because we're great entrepreneurs I think there's a lot of fortune there and and if, if you're spiritual a lot of you know God's grace um but yeah it's a roller coaster yeah. I've been saying I've been saying it's all divine intervention man I mean in 16 years in 16 years this is this is the first year where we haven't placed a scooter order yeah. like normally normally in the first quarter Normally in the first quarter, we're like placing orders, looking at August, like buying containers. I'm talking like containers of product, getting it ready to like come over because we know it's going to be a few months, you know, two, two to three months for it to ship and get over here. Right. And, March, and, and like, March is ordering time. Uh, yeah, March is March ordering is time. March is usually container. It's four months, four months lead time. We receive in July, so it's ready to go in August. Um, so to have a March go by that we're not making those orders you know my inbox isn't full of you know hey like what colors are we gonna get how many from each distributor do we want to do two do we want to do you know like that didn't happen this year yeah and a lot of that was because we you know we had inventory left from last year we like things things didn't hit hit our marks for 2019 but we just ended up saying okay well we're gonna carry this over into 2020 and we're not gonna we're not gonna go place a bunch of orders and and you know it's it's tough because we've had distributors like reaching out and saying hey like what are you guys doing in terms of ordering and stuff? I'm just like, Hey guys, like super sorry. We're going to, we're going to wait and we're going to see, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to sell what we have because we got plenty of inventory right now. And, and man, am I like, like, like Mike said, if this would have hit us last year, we, we would be stuck with hundreds of thousands of dollars of inventory right now. Whereas, whereas right now we're not in that situation. And, and I think we're going to have uh, enough inventory to get us, to get us, you know, through, through busy season, if there is one in August. So dude, it's, it's been interesting, man. It's been interesting. So. Oh. So Eric, let me, let me ask you like, what, what kind of uh, contracts cancellation policies were in place? Did, did you have any security with deposits ahead of time or anything like that? Did they have to be refunded? Like how has that affected you? And on the flip side of this, is is that going to change? Are, are you going to change that literature and any kind of contracts that you might use uh, to prevent about this kind of stuff going forward? Hmm. Uh, good question. So um, our our contracts are um, we do fifty percent non refundable to book. Um, however, in the light in light of this is kind of out of everyone's control. It's not the client canceling their gig for whatever reason. Um, we, anybody who asked for it, we gave them, I mean, 
it was kind of a case by case basis, but for the most part, we gave them all but like 10% back. So we kept a very small amount because we had already, we had done work and we had processed with our credit card and, you know, so there was expense that went in there. Um, but for the most part, if people asked for it, we gave them most of their deposit back. We have some customers that went ahead and um, that we do a lot of work with and said, uh, hold it and basically put it on our account and we'll apply it to another event sort of thing. So we were trying to incentivize people to like not bankrupt us by pulling all their money that they've deposited uh, so that we can, you know, and we've had several, we have some really amazing clients. We've had several clients that basically are like, hey, this is going to come back and we need you when it comes back. You've been an amazing partner and we want you to survive. Um, so yeah, most of our, and then we had some unfortunate ones like um, we have a couple festivals at UF and the way state contracts work is you don't get anything up front. Um, so they just disappeared. And those were, I mean, I think that collectively was $30,000, $35,000 worth of uh, worth of work that is mo like, I don't want to say mostly profit, but it's, it's very high profit percentage because it's stuff that we own and it's, it's our crew that's on payroll and those type of things. So, um, you know, some of it just disappeared. Uh, so it was a little bit of a mix, but I tried to like, you know, I tried to golden rule it and just like, how would I want to be treated if I was putting on an event? Um, or, you know, we do events with other companies. So if I had a deposit down already with somebody, how would I want to be treated? Um, and I did, I, I've got a couple thousand dollars with uh, a couple of production companies in Belize that I'd already paid because we were supposed to do, uh, the band I work with is supposed to do an Easter weekend thing there. And uh, obviously that's, we're not flying to Belize this weekend. Um, so I just asked both of them, I said, hey, can you hold that? Because we're supposed to be back in August for another show. Can we just apply that to August? They were both, same deal. They were grateful. They were like, cool, that that helps us a lot to hold it. And uh, we'll see you in, in August. So. Um, that was kind of how we approached that. Um, we've, we've taken a hit from, we, we have some other production companies, other people in our event industry that, um, that owed us that we're on good terms with, but like had net 30 terms, let's say. And, uh, so we have a pretty good amount of outstanding debt. You know, people owe us money for work that we've already done. Um, that we, if we see it, I would be pleasantly surprised, but we, I mean, that's another, probably 30 to $50,000 if I added it up of money that is, you know, they can't pay it. Like I, I can't, what am I going to do? Go got to take it from them. They don't have it. You know, their clients aren't paying them either. Their events disappeared too. So, um, you know, again, it's, it's that domino effect that kind of affects everybody. But um, yeah. From the human, uh, like I'm fascinated by the human dynamic of that, and the, and the situation where you're you're say keeping a 10% of a deposit, um, where where most of the clients were they relieved to get that 40% back? Did you have anybody that that wasn't good enough, and they were complaining about you know you keeping that 10, or were mostly people? No, no, not a single person. Um, everyone was grateful because again, it was very clear in the contract is non-refundable deposit. It's supposed to basically cover our expenses leading up to the gig which you know everything from preparation you know all the advance work all the planning work as well as the actual like warehouse preparation um so actually we i think we actually bought a lot of goodwill approaching it that way because we i was also honest with them you know hey we um you know we i gave those options hey can we either save it for a reschedule and we'll if you want to reschedule we'll apply it 100 percent. you know we'll completely as if you just booked that other gig with that money. Um, if you need the refund, we also totally understand that. Um, but we need to keep this small amount to cover our expenses thus far. Cause it's also not our fault. 
you know, it's not their fault. It's also not our fault. So we're just trying to also, you know, make sure that we uh, can cover our folks as well. Um, so no, it was actually, um, the responses were 100% gratitude and actually um, more than one off the top of my head was, you know, said something along the lines of, hey, we will definitely use you in the future because, and we'll remember this basically, that that you were generous in that way and you didn't have to do that. So we were, we're grateful. So, you know, again, it's just trying to treat people well. Um, you know, the bigger challenges with all those cutting expenses, honestly, the hardest part of all this has been, um, you, you know, like I told you, kind of went into action mode on cutting expenses and those different things. But that also did mean um, with 16 employees, we pretty quickly had to go ahead and lay a few people off just because we weren't going to have the work for them. Um, we've been very fortunate. We've only had to lay off four of the 16. I know those four don't feel very fortunate and I feel terrible about that. And those are the, those are definitely like, honestly, those have been the hardest, you know, on that emotional question. Um, having those conversations because all all of them were great employees, great people, um, didn't deserve it at all. You know, it's just not. Um, but they were, you know, we had to to stay alive as long as possible and try to get the the other folks on payroll at least something. Um, we had to make the most strategic, you know, cuts and layoffs we could. And you know, my hope was that they could get this increased unemployment and those things. So my hope was it actually was also better for them than just like getting five hours of work here and there or something like that as we had it, but um, to, to do them well as well. Um, I don't know if that's happening because from what I'm hearing is nobody's able to get onto the unemployment site because it's broken. And I know um, our, our roommate that, uh, uh, that lives at our house most of the time with my wife and I, she, uh, she also was laid off and she has not been able to get through for like over a week trying to submit for unemployment every day. And, uh, so hopefully some of that's worked out, but uh, those were the hardest things was that intention of like not wanting to, you know, not wanting to have to go there and not wanting to have to lay people off and, and put other people in hardship as well. But um, at um, the end of the day, I just don't have that much money in my bank account, you know? I, I think, I think business owners, I think there's going to be some business owners that are approaching that for the very first time um, ever. And so do you have any advice as to, how do you like you that that was your first time doing that so I like delay anyone off for i mean any layoffs i've ever done have been either cause or you know have, they, they've not been layoffs they've been fired, fired so I've, right i've never because we've only ever grown to be honest we've this is the first time we've ever had any kind of retraction or contraction um at all um so what so did that, you learn from that from laying off your first few people and and what advice would you have for the small business owners um, out there that are going to be put in that position in terms of how to navigate it? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, my approach for it was to try to be as uh, empathetic as possible. So to try to put myself in their shoes, like if I'm on the other side of the table, um, what would be most helpful for me? Um, and that's to some degree, that's a little different for every employee, even just how I talk to them. Um, you know, and one of my employees is, been a fantastic employee been with me a long time he was like oh man we're cool like I'm, my kids are home from school I gotta you know like I, I would pay more in childcare anyway so this is it's all good it's gonna work out I appreciate you talking to me quickly and early um you know and then I know a couple others took it very hard and it was very difficult um but I just tried to you know again we did it early we did it pretty much right away and they saw what was going on um you know, I, I can't speak too much for them, but I tried to just approach it compassionately. 
um, and approach it quickly and let them know like, Hey, I, I do really have your best interest in mind. I also, <clears throat> oh, here's some, I think this is important. Actually. I gave them a choice as well. I said, I can lay you off or so you can seek unemployment or other work or whatever you need to do, or you can stay on as an employee. I just don't have hours for you. So you'll be hours as we have them available, which I'm not predicting as very many. Um, and I'll say that like, I feel like that was extremely well received. And I talked to another friend of mine who's a manager at a production company um, who actually after the fact, after I had already done it that way, told me that like, that's what he wanted to hear from his boss, um, from the owners of the company, because, you know, he had basically said, I don't want unemployment. I want, you know, I'd like to be able to go in and work. And even if it's deferred or no, you know, or no payment right now, or maybe there isn't any work, uh, that's just not a route he wanted to go. Um, so just giving them the choice too of like, Hey, do you want this now? They all chose actually to go ahead and, you know, be laid off. But I felt like it was again, an extra level of like compassion and empathy for them to say, Hey, I don't want to assume that you want to be laid off. You know, maybe you've got enough money in your savings account and you just want to, you know, wait this out. Um, but I think that that, that helped, you know, do you check um, in with them? Is that, is that even appropriate to do? Do you just let the situation speak for it to sell, speak for itself? Like, I mean, I know it's a vulnerable thing, but like, I think I would like personally, if I was put in that position, I would fight against over manipulating the situation or over, like helicoptering it. You know, I'd want to know how they do it and like, get, you know, checking in with them all the time. And I think that someone could very easily make that argument to me that that's not healthy to do. Um, so I'm just curious. Like, I mean, do you check in with them outside of a, you can reach out to me if you need to, or do you just kind of, is it a clean cut and hope the best for them? Um, again, three out of the four folks that we had to lay off have been with us over a year. So a good amount of time. Um, uh, so yeah, I've been checking in and, uh, you know, it's not truthfully, it's not much more than a, Hey, you hanging in there sort of thing via text. Um, I, it's probably, I don't know. I think it's, it's probably not very appropriate for me to initiate much more than that because there's nothing I can really do. So it's right. I feel more likely to cause harm than help or, you know, again, trying to empathize of like the things and the feelings that they're going through. And um, so, yeah, I think uh, I like to check in or have members of my team that are still here. They've been checking in as well. Cause that's a little more of a peer thing. Um, so we've been doing a little bit of that just with other members of the team, like, Hey, I heard from so-and-so, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I would be careful with that would be my advice. Um, but you know, I think if your employees are initiating it, then it's great, you know, just show compassion and don't promise anything you can't promise, you know, and don't make excuses. I think is the other thing of like, you know, I apologize. I said, I really wish we could pay you. That's, it's out of my control. I have no you know, I, I'm really sorry. I just can't, we just can't keep paying you basically. So I want to release you to do what's best for you. Um, we got to wrap up in a minute. This has been super interesting though, because this is the first one of these that we've had. Um, but I, I really want to take a minute to look at the, the future of the events industry. I mean, when you like really think about six months down the road, I mean, is everything, is everything back to normal? Um, like, 
you know, do you, do you see, do you see events ever being the same after this whole thing? Um, all right. So I'm, I'm very optimistic by nature, which is also how I got through a lot of those early stages we talked about of like, and just went into action of like, okay, people love live music. They have always loved live music. People love drinking together, hanging out together, celebrating together. Like these are all things that people like. Um, I think it will take quite a while for the scar tissue to, you know, to resolve. Um, and I think a lot of folks won't go out at the same levels that they did for quite some time. So even if this is cleared, um, I'm hopeful that we start doing some level of events by the end of the summer, you know, start of next school semester. Um, I've gone ahead and kind of mentally, it's been helpful for me to just go, okay, I'm losing hope like that anything's going to happen before, you know, late August, early September. And then hopefully, you know, that's normally a busy season. Hopefully we get back to work. Um, I have a feeling through the end of the year, it's going to be very light. I think people are going to be reluctant to go back out. Um, but I'll also say the longer we stay cooped up, the more we're going to want to give each other hugs and drink beers together. You know, so I think, I don't know, man. I, I think we have short memories on stuff, man. I think I think we really do, and I think we're social by nature. I think we like being together. Um, it's how many people are just like in a bad state right now because we can't see each other. You know, I'm one of them. I, I'm an extrovert, and I freaking love hanging out with people. Um, so I, I think it will take a while. I don't know that it'll be back at the level it's been. It's been a, a bit of a peak the last year or two. I don't think it'll be at that level for probably several years. Um, uh, but that's okay. I think it'll reshape and I'm, I'm pretty positive. It'll come back, man. It came back the same, not the same thing, but we, the events industry took a huge hit after nine 11 because people didn't want to gather in large groups. They were afraid of terrorist attacks and different things. Um, there've been other, you know, again, not exactly comparable, but similar like sentiments of people not wanting to go out and be together as much. Um, I think we'll start back with smaller gatherings and things like that. And then it'll work its way back up and people will, Again, you want to see your favorite band. Like you want to go hang out. You want to go drink with your friends. I think it'll come back. But. Okay. So and where's uh, the op? What? So I was just to say, where's the opportunity? I know you did mention, like obviously, like a lot of churches and stuff are going to online streaming things. Is that something that you're able to do to kind of help get you from from this point to to hopefully when things are over? Um, and then beyond that, like, what's the opportunity? I mean. Is it something that you can offer a gift certificate for at a discounted rate? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I have a lot of friends. My girlfriend is in the event industry. Like, is it something that you can do a a $1,000 gift certificate for 500 bucks that you pay right now and you can use it towards whatever you want? Like, I, I don't know. But, like, what can you do for future use to kind of help put money into your stores to be able to, to navigate this? Yeah, I mean, I think um... – I mean, I think if you're definitely, if you're cash hungry right now, then there's definitely some stuff like that, but it's still going to be, I think those things, at least right now, it's just so uncertain. I don't think that you'll get many bites on that, even for the fall. I think there's just too many people that are, you know, terrified that this is going to drag on. Um, right. And maybe, maybe rightfully so. So for us, um, we've been, uh, again, leveraging relationships with people that we already have relationships with. So we're doing a drive-in church every week in a, at First Baptist of Ocala. Uh, so we have our big stage parked out there pretty much permanently at the moment. We have some video screens out there. Um, and we go down every week and we set them all up and they have a couple hundred cars drive in and do their thing and nobody gets out of their cars and everybody does it kind of safely and great. And it's awesome. And then, and see, that's what leaves me optimistic is people, 
people are doing that and excited about it and there's great buzz about it because again, even if they're just like next to them across the way in a car waving to them and not getting out or doing anything unsafe, it's just like, ah, okay, I'm out of the house. I see people I know and love. It's reassuring. It feels good. Um, so we've got that that's helping us kind of sustain right now. And then we also have a, um, I'll give them a plug. We have a digital streaming series that we are doing with uh, one of our venues that we're the house production company for at the Riley Arts Center in Ocala. And they're having, uh, they do three to four streaming events a week. It's on our Facebook page and theirs. Um, and their concerts, they're really, really good concerts. We've had jazz, classical, rock, um, and we stream them. They're like really professionally done, um, sound lighting, all that. And we bring, we take three guys and we have a camera, a set of cameras and streaming gear and all that. And, uh, we're producing those. So that's some of the stuff we're doing to kind of stay busy and bridge the gap a little bit. Um, you know, I still kind of looking for like what the best opportunities are. I think, I think for us, it's going to be to continue to be pared down as long as possible, as far as, you know, staff and kind of be as lean, as possible for as long as possible and be cautious as we ramp back up whenever things start back up. So I think that's kind of my strategy right now. Um, I don't have a great, like, you know, uh, the big opportunity or anything at the moment. Um, right. Hopefully, you know, we'll see if that reveals itself or maybe we just kind of go back to somewhat business as usual. Right on. Let's hope so, man. Let's hope everything, you know, picks back up and it doesn't take a long time and we can get all those people hired back and you can hire more. Um, and we can keep, keep cranking. Uh, it's, you know, I know it's a trying time, but you know, Gainesville is lucky to have business owners like you in it, man. Cause like, I mean, just, just hearing that stuff. And I, I thank you for the transparency because I know, uh, one, I know it's going to provide a lot of value to those that are listening. Um, it provides a lot of value and insight to me. Uh, but I also know that it's extremely difficult to handle and, and not, not, not easy decisions, you know? Um, so, so thank you for that. And, uh, you know, if anybody like can use your services, where should they reach out? Like how can they connect with you? Yeah, sure. It's bunt like in baseball, B U N T backline.com or, uh, I'm cheerful sound man on Instagram. Uh, we're on Facebook, all that as well. Uh, we're pretty easy to find bunt backline event services. Um, if, if you need something, let me know. We, we are in business. We are around. Um, we're not keeping regular hours or anything, but we can help you on one of those type of events. Keeping my fingers crossed that we get to pull off this live podcast with the all-in conference because that was one of the things, you know, I know the chamber, chamber was going to do this all-in conference again at the Hilton, and we were, we were going to podcast live in front of an audience. Oh, and, I, I, and I know that you were, you were a big piece of the, the setup and production on that. And so hopefully, whether it's, I mean, my, probably not going to be this July. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. But at the very least, we'll get, we'll get the opportunity to do that because I think that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. So. And I think we're going to need the uh, support and the learning and, you know, the, I think we're going to need the teamwork together with other business owners to get back, get us all back on our feet too, you know? Absolutely. Collaborations, collaborations are key right now. Support, support each other, lift each other up and, um, you know, stay strong gains. So we're going to get through this, but we're going to, it's going to be a team effort from all of us for sure. So Eric, thanks again, my friend. Good to see you. Stay strong. If there's anything we can do to help, let us know. And uh, Gainesville, this is the WHOA GNV podcast. The podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. 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 <laughs> <laughs> whoa.
<laughs> we will see you 